Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the CoreCast. I'm your host, Chris Harris, a certified personal trainer and Pilates instructor who has been working with clients of all ages and fitness levels, helping them reach their goals. In today's episode, we're going to discuss how to start an exercise program. Starting an exercise program can be challenging, but it's an important step towards improving your health and well-being. Also in this episode, we're going to explore tips and strategies for starting an exercise program that's safe, effective, and sustainable. We're going to address some common barriers to exercise and some strategies to overcome them. Also discussing some of the benefits of strength training and cardiovascular work as it comes to improving your overall physical health. So let's get started. First, we'll start off with some statistics. According to the International Health Racket and Sports Club Association, URSA, Approximately 12% of all new gym memberships are started within the month of January each year, and 50% of new members quit going within six months of starting. It's estimated that 43% of people give up on their fitness goals within one month of making them. There's many, many great reasons to exercise. We got to think about a lot of things that are going to help us uh, with exercise. Improving our physical health is one. It improves cardiovascular, uh, strengthens bones and muscles, and reduces the risk of chronic diseases. Another great reason is weight management. Regular exercise can help manage weight by burning calories and increasing metabolism. A third reason is reduce stress and anxiety. Exercise is a great way to reduce stress and anxiety as it helps to release endorphins and improve mood. Number four is improve sleep. Exercise can help improve the quality of sleep, making it easier to fall asleep and stay asleep. Our fifth reason is increased energy. Regular exercise can help increase energy levels and reduce fatigue. Reason number six, improved cognitive function. Exercise has been shown to improve cognitive function, including memory and concentration. And reason number seven, increased self-confidence. Exercise can improve self-esteem and confidence as it helps to improve physical appearance and overall health. So overall, exercise is important for physical, emotional, and mental health, and it's an essential component of a healthy lifestyle. So even though there's so many benefits and we know we should do it, why don't we? We're going to talk about some of the barriers that can derail our workout motivation. For example, a busy work schedule or health issues. Some barriers may be mental, a lack of self-confidence that holds you back from taking positive steps, or short-lived motivation, or maybe you get easily discouraged and give up. We've all been there at some point. Some of the most common excuses people give for not exercising is, I hate exercising. So that's a case you want to find an activity that you enjoy doing. Maybe it's dancing, swimming, golf. Try taking a walk on your lunch break through a scenic park. It's been scientifically proven that being out in nature is a powerful mood booster. Try listening to your favorite music or exercising with a friend. Another common excuse is, I'm too busy. Well, it's your decision to make exercise a priority. Remember that a short 5, 10, or 15-minute burst of activity can prove very effective. Another strategy is to fit most of your exercise in on the weekends. If you have a busy work schedule that works as a better fit for you, Try taking a long hike on a Saturday um, and just trying to get that workout in in a time when you are a little less stressed. 
How about I'm too tired? That's pretty much one of those common excuses. It sounds counterintuitive, but exercise is a really powerful pick-me-up. And it actually ends up reducing fatigue and boosting energy levels in the long run. Regular exercise will make you feel more energized, refreshed, and alert. Another excuse is I'm too fat or I'm too old or my health isn't good enough. It's never too late to start exercising. Building strength and physical fitness will benefit you at any age and activity level. Check with your doctor and start slowly. And yet another excuse, exercise is too difficult and painful. The no pain, no gain mindset is very outdated. Exercise shouldn't be painful. You shouldn't have to push yourself to your limits to get results. You can build your strength and fitness by walking, swimming, playing tennis, playing golf, gardening, or even cleaning the house. Another excuse, I'm not athletic. If you don't, you don't have to be athletic or ultra conditioned to get fit. Focus on an easy way to boost your activity levels like we mentioned above. Uh, our, our cardiovascular work, you can clean the house, you can garden, you can dance. Anything that gets you moving will work. Whatever your age or level of fitness, even if you're brand new to exercise and haven't worked out a day in your life, there are some steps you can take to help make exercise less intimidating and more fun. So number one is getting rid of that all or nothing attitude. You don't have to spend hours and hours in the gym. And who has that time anyways? To experience the physical and emotional benefits of exercise. Remember that a little bit of exercise is better than nothing. Just adding modest amounts of physical activity to your weekly routine can have a profound effect on your mental and emotional health. The CDC recommends a minimum of 150 minutes up to 300 minutes of physical activity a week. And that can be broken down into smaller, more manageable daily blocks um, throughout your week. So not to stress about getting everything in at one time. That all or nothing uh, attitude can really be derailing. Now, thinking about being kind to yourself when it comes to exercise, research has shown that self-compassion increases the likelihood that you'll succeed in any given endeavor. Don't beat yourself up about your body, your current fitness level, or your supposed lack of willpower. Look at your past mistakes and unhealthy choices as opportunities for growth. It's really important to be realistic with your expectations. Expecting too much too soon can really lead to unrealistic expectations and ultimately frustration and discouragement. Focus on consistency instead of obsessing over results. Mood and energy levels will happen quickly, but the physical payoff will happen with time. It usually takes at least three to four months to really start seeing uh, things change with your body. So how do you get started with an exercise program? Well, before you start, there's a few things that you should do to prepare. Getting your doctor's clearance is very important, especially if you have any injuries, illnesses, or conditions, or aren't any medications. Some medications may affect your heart rate, like blood pressure medications, and it's important to understand how they may relate to your workouts. It's important also to make an appointment with a personal trainer or someone to help guide you in maintaining proper form during exercises and monitoring your progress. Again, we talked about this earlier, but the Center for Disease Control Physical Activity Guidelines for Americans recommend that adults get that 150 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic physical activity or 75 minutes of vigorous intensity physical activity or any combination or equivalent of it each week. So it's also recommended to have two to three days of strength training per week. So as you're starting out, you want to listen to your body and don't overdo it. 
Remember that rest days are just as important as workout days. And it's also important to fuel your body with nutritious foods and keep that hydration up. So keeping these guidelines in mind as you begin your exercise program is really, really helpful. Take smaller steps to reach that goal, even if it's just starting a couple of, of days a week, maybe 20 minutes a day, three days a week. And as you can, build that up to 20 minutes a day, four to five times a week, or increase your time. You can do a half hour, uh, five days a week. Uh, it's really up to you. When you prepare to work out, cardiovascular work such as walking, running, rowing, swimming, elliptical, or treadmill burns calories by raising your heart rate. So strength training, on the other hand, builds lean muscle mass. It helps to boost your metabolism even when you're at rest. To review a little bit about cardiovascular training, which is also known as aerobic exercise, it's a type of physical activity that increases the heart rate and breathing rate to improve cardiovascular health. It involves continuous and rhythmic movements that use large muscle groups and increase the body's demand for oxygen. The goal of cardiovascular training is to really improve endurance, strengthen the heart and lungs, and reduce the risk of chronic diseases such as heart disease and diabetes. Strength training also helps with bone density, which is important for preventing osteoporosis, especially after menopause. So that strength and resistance training comes in uh, and it can involve things like dumbbells, resistance bands, barbells, kettlebells, body weight exercises, just to name a few things. So as we go over resistance training a little bit more, um, we're going to talk about how it affects your metabolism. Research in the past few years has confirmed that resistance training affects metabolism in a way that improves health and well-being. So resistance exercise not only burn calories during the workout, but the exact number is going to depend on your body weight and the intensity level of training, but it'll also burn calories throughout the day because of excess post-oxygen consumption or EPOC. It's often associated with HIIT workouts or high-intensity interval training, but at least one study has suggested that resistance training can provide the benefit as well. So EPOC is raised because resistance training puts more physiological stress on the body compared to cardiovascular exercise. You know, you're breaking down those muscles, they have to repair, so that gets that afterburn effect. EPOC is not a permanent boost. Research has shown that it may last anywhere from 12 hours to a few days, depending on the workout and who is doing it. And the calories you burn through EPOC can add up over time, especially if you're lifting consistently, uh, weightlifting like three to four times a week. But overall, it doesn't have a very big effect on your metabolism. Strength training overall will increase your lean muscle mass, and it helps to increase your resting metabolic rate, which is also referred to as an RMR. It increases the amount of lean muscle on your body. That resting metabolic rate or RMR is the number of calories your body requires to perform just your basic functions such as breathing, circulation, and digestion. There's a possibility that you will burn more calories naturally with daily activity if you have a stronger, fitter body. And you may do this by maintaining or increasing non-exercise activity thermogenesis or NEAT for short, which is all the movement that you do, do during the day that isn't exercise. Studies have shown that starting as early as the age of 30, the body begins to slowly lose muscle mass, with women losing up to 15% of their total body muscle per decade by age 50, which in turn will slow the metabolism down. So you want to think about a targeted total body strength training program. It's possible not only to prevent that muscle loss, but actually increase your muscle mass and keep that metabolism up throughout your life. In other words, while strength training may not increase that metabolism very much, it can help maintain it as you age.
So focusing on at least three strength training workouts into your training routine is important if you want to build that lean muscle mass. So thinking about doing maybe an every other day workout three days a week, two to three days a week with a day of rest in between to allow your body to repair. You want to prioritize large compound movements, which require multiple muscle groups to work at once. So say you were doing a squat to an overhead press, or maybe you were doing a lunge with a bicep curl. These are movements that involve multiple body parts. So they are going to really do a lot more than the smaller isolation exercises, such as just a basic curl or a tricep extension. They put more stress on the body, and this has been shown to create higher hormonal responses, which lead to more muscle growth. So when you strength train, you do mechanical damage, and that's supposed to happen. It's damage to the muscle fibers and metabolic damage when you fatigue the muscles by depleting their energy stores. This damage signals a hormonal response that kicks in over a recovery period after your workout. The body will release growth hormone, testosterone, and insulin-like growth factors, which help replenish those energy stores and repair structural damage to the fibers. Those compound exercises that we talked about recruit and break down more muscle groups because you're using more muscles. Your body releases more of those hormones, so you end up building more muscle overall than you would have spent the same amount of time doing an isolated move. Plus, compound movements are more functional. They really prepare you more for activities of everyday life. So if you're picking up a bag of groceries out of the car or you're lifting uh, a, you know, something over your head, you're using those compound movements. And they require more core stabilization muscles to perform those movements as well. The hardest part, I think, about starting an exercise program is getting started. Once you do, you'll feel stronger, healthier, and more confident. So it's really important to kind of Um, find where that motivation is. And remember, starting that exercise program can be challenging. Overcoming those barriers and prioritize your physical health, whether it's lack of time, motivation, or access to a gym, there are some strategies you can use to overcome these obstacles and achieve your fitness goals. We had uh, talked about that a little bit in episode seven of our podcast, Finding Your Motivation. Strength training and cardiovascular training are both essential components of a well-rounded exercise program. Remember that strength training will help to build the muscle, increase bone density, and boost metabolism, while the cardiovascular part of training improves cardiovascular health, burning calories, and reducing the risk of chronic diseases. You want to try to incorporate both types of training into your routine, and that can help you achieve optimal physical health. Don't forget to set realistic goals, find support, and stay consistent with your workouts. Thanks for joining me today for this week's edition of The Corecast. I hope that this episode has inspired you to start or continue your fitness journey. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We'll see you soon. Be sure to check out CoreCast on all major platforms or on YouTube at the CoreCast channel, and that's Core with a K. If you're looking for some great resources for workouts and other fitness information, check out my website, www.core-fit.com, and that's Core with a K. If you're looking for great workout videos, check out my YouTube channel. Core Fitness AZ, and on Instagram, we're at core underscore fitness underscore AZ. Talk to you soon.